The Whole Health Cure with Dr. Sharon Berquist, the podcast that brings you inspiration and skills for living a healthy and fulfilled life. Welcome to the Whole Health Cure podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Berquist. On this podcast, we explore the science and provide inspiration and skills for living your happiest, most fulfilling, and healthiest life. I'm beyond excited today to be talking with Dr. Michael Greger. He doesn't really need an introduction, but for those who don't know Dr. Greger, he's a physician, New York Times bestselling author, and internationally recognized speaker on nutrition, food safety, and public health issues. He's a founding member and fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. He's licensed as a general practitioner specializing in clinical nutrition. He's a graduate of the Cornell University School of Agriculture and Tufts University School of Medicine. In 2017, Dr. Greger was honored with the Lifestyle Medicine Trailblazer Award. Both his latest books, How Not to Die and the How Not to Die Cookbook, became instant New York bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers. He's also the founder of the ever-popular nutritionfacts.org. And for those of you who haven't visited the website, it's an amazing website that provides free updates on the latest in nutrition research via bite-sized videos. There are now nearly 2,000 videos on nearly every aspect of healthy eating, with new videos and articles uploaded every day. And 100% of all the proceeds he has ever received from his books, DVDs, and speaking engagements have always and will always be donated to charity, which is amazing. Dr. Greger, it's an absolute honor to talk to you today. So glad to be here. Yes. So... You know, I was actually there the evening you were honored with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine Trailblazer Award. Wow, that was so cool. It was such an amazing evening, and I couldn't think of a more appropriate person to be called a trailblazer. Yeah, because, you know, most of us go to medical school and we go to help people and help hopefully have our patients live longer, healthier lives. But we do it in a more traditional path. You know, we practice medicine. And you early on had the vision of doing everything and anything you could, speaking on the importance of nutrition and lifestyle and health and kind of trailblazed your own path to making a difference beyond the one-on-one, the way we typically try and influence uh, people's lives. So what was your inspiration? How did you get started on um, such a different path? Well, you know, it was really uh, this life-changing, life-saving information had to get into many hands as possible. It's like, how many patients could I see in a day, right? Right. Um, how or even how many people could I speak to? I started. I did a DVD series where I um, uh, actually started as a VHS series. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> um, not quite Betamax, but it was a while ago. Um, and then uh, you know, just trying to get this information out there. But you know, I could you know reach dozens a day in the clinic. Hundreds a speak thousands a day with uh, the DVDs, but the only reason to reach millions of people is going online. And so uh, that's what uh, that's behind the genesis of uh, nutritionfacts.org. Um, in fact, just last month we, uh, or actually earlier this month, we surpassed 100 million views on YouTube. Very excited. That's um, amazing. And so, 
you know, it's uh, so it's just a feeling like I'm I'm still doing medicine, but uh, I'm just uh, you know uh, doing it in a in a bigger way. You're right. And providing tools for practitioners to you know who don't have time to uh, stay on top of all the literature. I mean, this is the kind of resource I wish I had as a medical student, as a practitioner. Um, and so, you know, just uh, hoping to kind of train the trainers, uh, teach the teachers uh, to, uh, you know, get this great uh, information into everyone's hands. Oh, and, and the information, you know, for those who haven't visited the website, it's so well researched. And what I think is just so wonderful about your delivery, even in your when you speak, is that blend of pure evidence base and then just the humor, just the way you <laughs> you present it. It's just so obvious. How could we do anything different but what you recommend? <laughs> you know, the humor is important. Otherwise, it's just, I mean, it's so dense. The material is right. so much information. They don't lighten it up. I mean, there's just no way you can get through it. And so... Yeah, I love, you know, in fact, I'm working on uh, a new presentation now uh, based on the new book, which will be out in December. And, 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 and that's the decision. So I just have, you know, huge amounts of material to choose from. And it's like, do I choose the most? I mean, you think I choose the most important bits. Right. But if it's just all important bits, it's be impossible to sit through, right? right? So I just choose all the funniest bit, like the most humorous bits. I mean, that would, you know... I, you know, do I do the mix? Do I, you know, the, it's, it's really hard to kind of figure out what the ideal mixture is. But yeah, humor is a great way to just uh, you know, open up people's minds and drop barriers down and, uh, and being able to relate and relax and just really kind of have fun with it. It's just so fascinating. I want to, I try to just, just, uh, try to instill that kind of childlike fascination with this amazing world out there and that we have these tools that we can, you know, get at uh, all these neat, uh, you know, biological puzzles. And it's just, I don't know, I want to, I want that enthusiasm to be infectious. Right. And, oh, you do it so effectively because I think the way you present it with the humor it almost makes us laugh at the choices that we make because <laughs> all of a sudden they seem quite silly, uh, <laughs> especially when they're not what you recommend. Um, so I, I think it's incredibly effective. I want to talk about your new book, but before we do that, I want to also touch on your first book, How Not to oh, Die, because yeah. I, I think most of our listeners are familiar with it, but some may not be. So to put what you're about to say with your new book in the context of just how impactful and powerful your first book was, I think um, that may be helpful to some of our listeners. So um, your first book, How Not to Die, uh, instant New York Times bestseller, incredibly popular, well-read by people in healthcare, as well mm. as uh, people who want to just live healthier lives. And just a quick overview for our listeners. So you go through the top 15 biggest killers, if you will, and really in a very rigorous 562-page way, go through diet and lifestyle ways to prevent, manage, and reverse, which I think is huge, um, all these conditions. And the Daily Dozen, so this, I think, is just so practical because your tips of what we should each be eating each day 
um, really helps visually, helps in a kind of planning your meal kind of way. Um, I have to ask, how how do you do on hitting the daily dozen? <laughs> oh, my, it depends if I'm traveling. If I'm traveling, there's just no hope. I'm going to, in some airport food court, um, be able to nail through the dozen. But uh, when I'm home, I actually have control over my life. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I really do quite well. And I just, I just make sure that's, you know, it's like when I'm shopping, I know exactly how many greens I have to eat. Um, when I'm cooking, I know, you know, and uh, sometimes still I'll be like, oh, why didn't I put beans in that? I totally should have put beans in that, you know, um, or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty good about uh, getting through them now. But, you know, I wanted, I didn't want it to just be a reference book. I wanted to be kind of a practical guide. I'm making this kind of day-to-day grocery store type decisions. And so, yeah, that's what the, the whole Daily Dozen came out of. It's a free app on iPhone, Android. And it's just kind of, it's just trying to inspire people, kind of an aspirational thing, just to kind of see how many uh, check marks you can get throughout the day in hopes of inspiring people to include some of the healthiest of healthy foods into their daily routine. I, I love it. I I think of it as the Fitbit of nutrition, right? Ah. <laughs> you don't get your 10,000 steps or you don't all get right. your, your servings of greens. You know, yeah. we all tend to, you know, walk in the bedroom a few times, um, do some laps to hit the 10,000, right? <laughs> so it's like before bed, just add a pinch of turmeric. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so I think it's perfect. And um, and it's also such a relief to to hear that you don't always hit oh. the daily dozen because yeah. I know with you know myself a lot of our patients, I think that's the hard part. It's just feeling that all or nothing tension, you know. Oh. And if you can't do it well, then you know yeah. people give up. And just hearing from you, <laughs> who quote wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the perfect is the enemy of the good. Absolutely. And and that and that's I think where a lot of people don't even want to take the first step. You know, yeah. they, they're like, oh, I could never do it, so I'm not even gonna, you know, cut down on my pepperoni pizza consumption. I mean, it's like that doesn't make any sense. Biologic maybe psychologically it makes sense, but biologically it doesn't make sense at all. I mean, any movement we can make towards eating, living healthier is better, right? Oh, Two absolutely. Is worse than one pack a day, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's true. Wearing your seatbelt half the time is better than not wearing it at all. I mean, you know, in fact, it's probably twice as good. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, so I mean, uh, you know, so uh, you are half as good, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, so these are not all or nothing, right? Having half the smoke alarms in your house is better than having no smoke alarms in your house. I mean, it's just. Like in what in what world does it make sense that, you know, uh, you know, uh, I mean, th- th- that this kind of absolutist thinking um, really is a, is a huge barrier, um, and so that's why I always try to, you know, I, in fact, often with my patients, I usually start out just adding foods to their diet. You know, I want you to eat berries every day. I want you to eat, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, the three servings of fruit. Blah blah blah. And then it's then you know I'm not taking anything out of their diet, um, uh, but just trying to slowly shift in hopes that we're taking up enough stomach real estate that there's just not enough room for the garbage by the end of the day. Um, but any little tweaks can help. I think that's what a lot of these studies that I profile show. A lot of these studies 
They were these people weren't eating perfect diets by any stretch. In fact, they were eating maybe eating the same exact lousy diets, but just adding strawberries had some like amazing effect, right? Right. Now, yes, maybe by adding strawberries, they're eating a little less than some of the other garbage they're eating, but not that much. I mean, they're still eating crappy diets. I mean, it just shows how important um, these little tweaks can be. In fact, if you look. The new Global Burden of Disease um, uh, annual update um, uh, was just published and found that, uh, you know, the number one cause of death on planet Earth is, is what we eat, um, is a bad diet. And the five worst things about our diet um, is, well, would be really surprising, I think, to a lot of people. Like when I think, I think when most people think, well, what could you, what are the first few things you want to you know, uh, you know, get better about a diet, you know, cut out soda, cut out processed meat, all these things. Actually, the five things that are killing more people than anything else in terms of dietary risk factors is too much salt, uh, not enough fruit, not enough nuts, not enough whole grains, not enough vegetables. So actually, four out of the five is stuff we're not getting enough of as opposed to things we're eating too much of. Um, and so and these are easy things to do um, and can literally add years to our life. Um, and just, you know, uh, and be even tastier, like adding nuts, right? right? Adding nuts, we have randomized control studies showing that those randomized to, you know, get nuts in the mail every week, say, you know, cut their stroke risk in half, had half as many strokes. So not eating nuts doubles your stroke risk. I mean, that's amazing, right? And it's like, who wouldn't want to eat nuts? I mean, so it's like, wait a second, tastes good, and you get to live longer. That's what plant-based eating is all about. Yeah, and... And I think um, it's really fascinating how you go through not just one disease condition, but all the top 15 mm. killers. It's the same plant-based diet, which also brings us to your upcoming book. Um, so How Not to Diet. <laughs> I have to say that's incredibly clever. <laughs> and I'm sure it will build on the research and success of your first book. Um but also the role of the plant-based diet now with permanent weight loss. So can you give us a little teaser? I know it's not coming out till December, but promises right. yeah, to be yeah. equally. Spoiler yeah. alert, a healthy <laughs> diet helps too. I mean, it's just like, yeah, what doesn't a healthy? I mean, it's almost by definition, like a healthy diet is going to be healthy, right? Right. Um, but it's interesting. Before I go into these books, I don't know what the, what the, what, you know, what the, the answer is going to be, I start with a blank slate um, and want to like build a, you know, a optimal weight loss diet from scratch um, and look at all the primary literature, 100, uh, well, almost 80,000 articles on, on uh, obesity published every year in the peer-reviewed uh, English language medical literature. That's basically 10 an hour. You go to sleep, forget it. You're way behind. Um, and there's about a half million already existing that you got to read. Um, I mean, it's just, it was a monstrous uh, project, but all sorts of really cool stuff out there, buried in the medical literature that uh, I was so excited to bring to light, even came up with something that no one has thought of yet. I have no idea if it works because no one's ever put it to the test, um, but it totally makes cool theoretical sense to me, but we'll see, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know, I had a blast uh, putting the book together. And uh, so it's not a perfect overlap with hopeful. It's not just like, yeah, hopeful plant-based diet, that's it. 
Um, it's actually some different. So I talk about food form, for example, um, uh, food structure, actually some really surprising things about, so something like whole wheat flour, that's a whole food, right? Uh, nothing bad added, nothing bad, uh, nothing good taken away, but that actually is wrong. What There is something that has been good taken away, and that's the food structure. Right. Um, so uh, I talk about walling off one's calories, ensuring that your, pro your macronutrients, protein, carbon, and fat are surrounded by um, by these, you know, indigestible cell walls. So that's not just whole plant foods, but it is um, uh, um, deflowering one's diet, for example. So powdered grains, even if it's whole grains, um, uh, is not the best option for our microbiome and all sorts of other things. Um, right. And uh, so that was that. That so that was that is kind of a different tact. There's a bunch of other little things that. Um, uh, need to be tweaked. And then there's all sorts of non-dietary stuff like chronobiology and, uh, you know, the timing of meals and all sorts of really wacky stuff that I just, it's, it's so much fun. I can't wait to get it out there. Oh, I can't wait. And that is such a hot topic, the chronobiology. I mean, there's such interest in circadian rhythms and, of it's course, nuts. intermittent fasting. Have you looked at the chronobiology stuff? It's mind blowing, right? I mean, they—they, they, I mean, like, there—you can give the exact same chemotherapy at different times of the day, have five times less toxicity, twice the efficacy, same dose, same drugs, different time of the day. I mean, it's a—it's crazy. And and for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, it's—it's it's really the idea that we have a circadian rhythm, not just in our day-night pattern. I think we're all used to thinking, okay, mel with melatonin, you set your day-night, but that every part of our body, our digestive system, our gut microbiome, every part has its circadian rhythm. And that's the 2017 Nobel Prize in medicine was these peripheral clocks. You yeah. literally, you can take a tissue biopsy Right. Not only can you put people in the dark and still the cycle right without the sun. No, you can take tissue biopsies from people and it's cycling. Your cells are cycling in a Petri dish like it's crazy. Yeah. And and, you know, again, I, I know it's coming up in your book, but this intermittent fasting, which a lot of people use, not just for weight loss, but also longevity studies, et cetera. And the influence, not just what you eat, but when you eat it has on the body. Can you give us a little spoiler on? on... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So and intermittent fasting is very interesting. So it can be done terribly or it can be done really well. No, seriously. So Just like a plant-based diet, right? There's ways to intermittently fast that actually make things worse. Um, uh, and or time-restricted feeding. Depends when you restrict your timing. It can actually be worse than eating around the clock. Um, and so basically the best is early time restricted feeding. So you skip supper, not breakfast, um, or have a light supper, breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, that's the way to do it. In fact, that may be behind some of the longevity, the longest living population on earth, the Loma Linda Seventh-day Adventist vegetarians. Um, they have just Adventist teachings that they eat big breakfast, sometimes skip supper. That's the way to eat. We, we, we front load our calories earlier in the day. Um, I talk about the problems with alternate day fasting in terms of raising your cholesterol, but there's some fascinating study 50 years ago in Spain in terms of uh, ow, hospitalizations, uh, in terms of uh, benefiting morbidity, all sorts of really cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, I go through all that 5-2 fasting and min fasting, ketogenic diets, water-only fasting. Um, just, uh, yeah, I had lots of questions too. And, uh, so it was as much for me as for anybody else. I just 
I mean, I love learning so much. Like I'd be doing this even if I didn't have a website, right? I'd be just doing it for my own edification, for the benefit of my patients. But the fact that then I can take that and share it with everybody, I mean, that's just awesome. Yeah, I, I think that is, it's really powerful and it's such a, um, I guess, active area of interest and to be in such real time with that information because there's so many questions centering around it. And, and I think your point is such a great one that, Anytime there's a trend, there's a good way to do the trend and a bad way to do the trend. <laughs> You're probably right. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, plant-based diets that are more processed. You know, you can oh, be, yeah. you know, oh, a very, right. <laughs> exactly. Oreos is vegan, you know, the, right. your vegan diet. So similar to this intermittent fasting. So it's, you know, great to point out how not to do it, how not right. to diet, <laughs> of course. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. And, you know, the, your publishers also put a little spoiler on the Internet about um, what you will be covering when it's released or what it's already covered when it's released. And um, they also talk about fat burners. Um, or oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. that little oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean... So basic, so it's like how not to die in that it's split up into two parts. So the first half, I talk about the 17 ingredients to an optimal weight loss diet. So the more of the 17 you get, the better. Um, it's not all or nothing. But then, because originally I was just going to go through all the popular diets. Like I'm, I'm part of the U.S. News and World Report diet panel. You know, and so every year we get another 50 diets to rate. Um, and it's like playing whack-a-mole. Right. No matter. I mean, I could do a deep dive into all the diets. By the time it came out in a few months, there'd be new diets. Right. So I was like, well, I can't just do what I'm going to do is I'm going to here's the criteria for what would be a good weight loss diet. Right. It has to be this. That, you know, so I came up with 17 of them. And then you, any new fangled diet comes. I say, OK, let's look. Let's look down the list of 17. Oh, it nails nine out of seven. Well, that's not bad compared to some of the others. Um, some nail one, some are big fat zero, some 16, seven, really close, right? Um, and uh, so uh, uh, so that's the first half of the book. Um, so put together kind of from scratch, not the weight loss diet. But then second half of the book I wanted to do is kind of these weight loss accelerators or boosters, regardless of what you eat, um, there are ways to accelerate uh, body fat loss. So like the chronobiology stuff, right? So whether you're eating healthy or unhealthy, 2,000 calories eaten in the morning are less fattening than 2,000 calories eaten in the evening. The exact same calories, exact same foods, different weight loss based on the time you eat. Absolutely amazing, all right? So, but look, we want to eat healthy too, but we can combine healthy eating with all these things um, uh, in terms of optimum sleep and optimum exercise tweaks and, uh, and fat burners and fat blockers and starch blockers and um, uh, appetite suppressant, natural foods that suppress your appetite, things like that. Um, and just all sorts of really fascinating things. And the, the fat, the fat burners, these, these things that increase your metabolism, increase your resting metabolic rate, um, to burn more fat basically while you're sleeping. And there's actually natural whole foods that can do all of these various things and that you could add on. So just like, look, whole food plant-based diets, you bring your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your weight down perfect, but it's a bell curve. And some people still have naggingly high the higher than optimal cholesterol blood pressure so we have flax seeds and hibiscus tea for blood pressure we have you know soluble fiber rich foods like okra oatmeal eggplant for high cholesterol etc same thing with weight loss you get on a really good diet the pounds should come off naturally if you want to accelerate that or if there's a few stubborn pounds that remain here's a list of oh i, I think i have 21 different things you can do to uh 
to just uh, push it a little further. Yeah, and, and that question comes up so often, how can I speed up my metabolism? Um, so, you know, it's interesting looking at natural ways to do it. Um, and in the breakdown of working towards weight loss, you know, certainly the plant-based diet helps in so many different ways and these fat-burning accelerators are an adjunct to it. How would you proportion the role of each one? Oh, I, I, what you eat is more important, is the most important, yeah. right? So yes, when you eat is also important, and there's all these other things you can add as adjuncts or supplements, but the, the most important is the center, what you're eating day in and day out. And of course, it doesn't matter really what you eat on holidays, special occasions, vacation, whatever. But on a day-to-day basis, we really should try to eat healthy, center our diet around whole healthy plant foods. And then there's all sorts of you know, other little things we can tweak around the edges. But I mean, that really should be the the bottom line. In fact, I was a little concerned in doing that whole second half of the book that people would just skip to that and go for the kind of bikini body and continue to eat their pork rinds and just be like, oh, I just have to eat my pork rinds at the right time. Right? Yeah, just eat it for breakfast. <laughs> uh, right, eat your pork rinds for breakfast. And it's true. And no, eating pork rinds for breakfast um, would be less harmful than eating them in the evening. I mean, it's, uh, it's remarkable, but... Uh, you know, that, that hopefully that's not, <laughs> that, uh, hopefully people will actually uh, try to improve their diets as well. But I mean, I went into it being like the first book was about health. You want, uh, you, I mean, you want you want healthy, you want to prevent, uh, treat, arrest, chronic disease. Here, this is what you eat. This second book, I was like, I wanted to. I'm not going to tell people to start smoking, which will cause weight loss, but. I mean, my, 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 uh, my, it really was like weight loss at all costs. Like, what should you do to lose weight um, with health being secondary? Um, uh, and uh, the next book, um, How Not to Age, I'm going to talk about longevity, period. Um, and again, just focusing on the foods for uh, longevity. Um, but there is remarkable overlap. I think, you know, after a series of 10 of these books, we're going to be like, you know, it's the same diet in the first one. <laughs> but we just have to do it in the right time of day and with the aging, right, with uh, the right mindset and uh, purpose in life to <laughs> bring it all together. Maybe. Right. Oh, that That's fabulous. And, and I ask that because I think there's such a market for quick fixes with weight loss. You know, people want the fat burner instead of right. making the big changes that right. are, are necessary and, and just putting it all in the context of the diet as the backbone. Um, so that's great. Let's hope. Let's hope. So, you know, I was about to ask you what's next for you, but it sounds like it's another book. Yeah, so I'm on a three-year cycle, new book every three years. Uh, one book, one year I write the book, the next year I spend on the road speaking, um, and then the third year I write three years' worth of videos for Nutrition Facts, so the videos keep going up, and then we just keep keep doing the cycle. That is phenomenal. With all the research that goes into your books, I'm blown away that you can do that in a year. Oh, well, I, I mean, I also have to have this massive research team. And I mean, now, I mean, it, it was harder when I was on my own. But now I have this whole team of folks that can um, do this work for me. I mean, I have people positioned in medical libraries literally around the world, in some of these big institutions in Europe. And so any article I want, even if it's pre-internet age, 
You know, I can, someone will scan me copies and email them to me that day, anywhere in the world, right? I have access to everything um, and uh, mostly volunteers. And it's just a beautiful thing um, that there's a whole kind of, uh, you know, just army of people out there want to get this good information out. That's phenomenal. What a labor of love um, on all these volunteers, on the work that you do. Amazing. And just, Amazing. you know, I can't thank you for doing what you do because, Ken, I think you really are a trailblazer. You've made such a difference, not just to people who've read your books and watched your videos, but people in healthcare like myself um, who are part of American College of Lifestyle Medicine. You know, we really are having the opportunity to follow in your footsteps um, amongst, you know, the, the quote giants, if you will. And um, in the work that you do, I think has made the path easier for each one of us at our own medical centers as we try and encourage these types of programs. You know, the, the data is there. It becomes more mainstream um, the more you make it mainstream and a part of culture. So I can't thank you enough for all the work that you do and, and for taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely. So excited. Keep up the good work yourself. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. The Whole Health Cure is brought to you by Emory Lifestyle Medicine and Wellness. For more information about wellness assessments, classes, and other resources, please visit our website, emoryhealthcare.org slash livewell. This material is copyrighted by Emory University.